0: meaningless <clears throat> they're meaningless unless we we give them to Jesus and that's a, that's a beautiful thing though to be able to do that we have these burdens and they really don't make any sense and they're really useless and we'd rather not have them but when we come to Jesus we have this really special exchange that takes place we give him our burdens and he gives us the burden of the cross and uh, that's, that's an amazing trade-off, because our burdens then become uh, meaningful. When we take upon ourselves the cross, it becomes atoning, it becomes salvific. Our sufferings and the burdens that we carry become truly um, helpful for our entrance into heaven, into that final rest, that Sabbath rest that Jesus speaks about. That we will find rest for ourselves if we take His yoke upon us. We see this in the life of Kateri Tekakwitha. Um, when she was very young, she was only three or four. Her tribe was hit with smallpox, and her father and her mother and her brother died from the smallpox. And her face was deeply scarred with smallpox, and she actually lost lost her vision partially. She was partially blind, and her face was scarred really badly. So, okay, so that's a, a really terrible burden that she had to bear. Um, she lived in hard times, and it was difficult at that time. The French, there's lots of conflicts between the French and the Indians. Uh, her tribe, when she was about 10 years old, one of her villages was totally destroyed by the French. And um, so this was some of her burdens. Uh, about three years later, when she was only 13, uh, at this point, some Jesuit missionaries had come in and started to preach Christianity to her and her people. Um, there was another war between a, a neighboring Indian tribe, the Mohicans, and so there's this great battle between the Mohawks and the Mohicans, and they had their village surrounded by a kind of a palisade, you know, sort of a wooden wall. And she and the other girls, along with the, one of the priest missionaries, um, buried the dead, took care of the wounded, fed the, soap, the people, the guys who were fighting, and you know, so again, more more burden, more hardship that she had to carry. She began to become very um, attracted to Christianity and fell in love with the Lord Jesus and wanted to live her life as a virgin and not to marry uh, and When she was seventeen, her family was putting serious pressure upon her to marry. she ran away and all <laughs> all this stuff she resisted marriage, and um, she was persecuted by her aunt, who had, was basically her adoptive mother and her other relatives. Given hard workloads, insulted, all of these sorts of things. She was baptized when she was 19 and uh, she suffered persecution amongst her own people for accepting baptism and being a Christian. So she had a really tough life. She really did. She had burdens that she carried, but she brought them to Jesus and when she exchanged them for His cross, those burdens transformed into something meaningful and as a means of atonement and salvation and forgiveness of sins for herself and for others. She was known uh, for taking upon herself uh, very severe penances. She would, in fact, uh, lay on thorns and let the thorns like pierce her flesh. Um, and she would do that for uh, as a penance for atonement for her sins and for the forgiveness and the conversion of her family members. She would fast often. Uh, and she did other things. In fact, some of the priests actually had to kind of, you know, put the, you know, kind of tone it down a little bit. They had said, okay, okay, do this penance, but don't do this. This is too severe. And so they kind of had to moderate her penances. But she was very much, um, uh, a woman who understood that when we embrace our burdens and our sufferings, uh, in light of the cross and for the sake of Jesus, Those burdens and those sufferings become meaningful and, um, and, and a means of salvation. And eventually she entered into rest. She died when she was only 24, uh, 23, 24, and in the preceding, uh, or the succeeding weeks after her death, she was seen, uh, her spirit was seen by three individuals. Uh, One person in particular, a very close spiritual friend of hers, uh, another Indian woman who also was a Christian, um, said that uh, um, she was awakened at night by a knocking on her wall, (laughs) and a voice asked if she were awake, adding, I've come to say goodbye, I'm on my way to heaven. And then the woman, the friend, whose name was Marie-Thérèse, went outside but saw no one. And she heard again a voice say, goodbye, goodbye. Go tell Father that I'm going to heaven. And what's interesting is you can see even for as holy of a life as St. Catherine lives, she was in purgatory. <laughs> okay, she was in purgatory for a short amount of time after she died. And then that was her release out of purgatory into heaven and she was letting her friend know that her burdens finally had been completely lifted and she was released and liberated and entered into that that beautiful rest of eternal life of heaven. And uh, one of the many priests that was involved in her life, a French, I believe a Jesuit uh, missionary, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, long French name, he says that he saw Catherine at her grave appearing in total glory and splendor, so that her face was luminous and her body was emitting light. And she was, as it were, in ecstasy, looking up to heaven in prayer. And that's that's how she is right now. She is in ecstasy. She is in prayer. She's praying for us, American Catholics, and we look to her as someone who took her burdens, gave them to Jesus, and saw them transformed into something meaningful and salvific. And uh, today we look to her as an example and we ask uh, for her prayers.